0: It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us to talk the trade today, Arlen Suderman, INTLFC Stone. Arlen, thank you for joining us today, and I don't know what better broker to talk to on the great day that we've had. And it's uh, definitely a first for me when we're talking final bell, and that's a limit up move in wheat. Maybe not settling limit up, but seeing limit up moves here in the wheat complex, just a great day to see there. So let's start here with the wheat. What what do you see here with the limit up move? Well,
1: first of all, I thought it was quite impressive considering the volume of cash grain that we saw move today. It was a very busy day with cash grain moving, cash wheat moving, I should say. And for that much farmers selling and still have the strength here, suggests that we saw a lot of fund buying. Some of the short covering, some of it bottom picking. It really comes back to a culmination of several factors, uh, adverse weather in several different parts of the world. We still have ample wheat supplies in the world, but 52 percent of those surplus supplies are in China and uh, just sitting in their reserves. And so the rest of it is spread around the world. When you look specifically at the major exporting countries, nearly all of them are having significant weather problems that are curtailing the size of the production. So that means exportable supplies from the major exporters are dropping, and particularly for the higher protein wheats. And this year we had a nice uh, protein crop in our hard red winter wheat crop. And uh, so you, you put all that in environment, then you, we get a report on Monday indicating that the crop ratings are near record high for the spring wheat crop. The tour starts, sponsored by the Wheat Quality Council, they start going and walking, actually walking the fields, and they find out the yield isn't there. They went in looking at those ratings, thought record crop, and then they find out the yield isn't there. And instead of a record crop, they're finding a below average crop. And so all those things coming together at a time when the funds held large, short, or sold positions, quickly needing to unwind them, the charts are turning, they're getting squeezed out. And uh, so it all came together to give us a big update in the wheat market, and that helped provide some support for corn as well.
0: And then that's another one. We continue to see what I might want to say firmness here in the corn and soybeans, Arlen, And maybe firmness isn't the right one, but you know we kind of just kind of slowly see it in making steady plots to the upside, corn, then following by beans. What do you see here in that those two markets?
1: First of all, I think in the backdrop is when the trade war really got going and starting late May through the month of June, Uh, the funds are trying to figure out how do we trade this. The equity markets seem to be holding up pretty well because of strong economic data, strong earnings reports, and uh, so the equities are doing fine. Commodity-wise, you kind of look at it in different categories, the energy at times would trade the trade war, but other times it was trading tighter fundamentals and, and stuff. So it finally played out. So that the funds say, okay, we have some trade rhetoric today. We're just going to sell the ag commodities indiscriminately, not looking specifically at which commodities would be impacted, which were not just selling the ag commodities. So we saw widespread selling driving prices lower and below levels justified by the projected ending stocks that usda was projecting so prices got down to these low levels and that made it tougher and tougher to go down the funds see these low levels and and really not this week's but last week's crop ratings which showed a sharp break in crop ratings for corn and soybeans kind of caught their attention there maybe we need to look at this again because we thought, okay, we're going to have, we've got these great crop ratings, we're just going to have these record crops. Now maybe we won't. And looking at that, we've got these big profits in our short positions. Maybe we need to take some of those profits off the table. That started to pull prices higher. As that happened, end users say, maybe we need to start extending coverage at these levels. That adds to the buying. Then the bottom pickers start seeing the charts turn. They start coming in. And so we're slowly changing the momentum back the other way. And momentum trading is big in this day of algorithmic trading. Algorithms follow the momentum, and when the momentum switches direction, they start going with it. And that's why we're seeing this continued kind of upside across the grain sector, supported by some pretty solid long-term fundamentals in corn. My long-term, I'm talking about over the next couple of years and in wheat more short-term now, as we're seeing these production problems ramp up around the world, uh, and that's kind of momentum behind it now.
0: And that brings me right to my next question, Arlen, is what do we see here, the dynamics of these funds here? Now that we're starting to see a little more green here on these grain charts from our previous lows, what do you see there for the dynamics of these funds in the market?
1: Well, they've had big short positions on, which means sold positions, so... Covering those short positions is one thing. Actually building long or bot positions is another thing. And so far, I think we're seeing mostly covering a short position. The question is, will they see enough energy here, enough change in direction to actually build some long positions in ownership? For that, we need to be going back to the commodity inflation discussion that was really providing support ahead of the trade war talk. And... Uh, Right now, one of the encouraging things I see is on the chart for the uh, uh, continuous commodity index, which is a basket of commodities, and the the ags are the bigger part of that. It posted a bullish island reversal on the charts last week. So far, that is holding up, and that suggests that right now the funds are, are starting to turn their sentiment a little bit toward commodity inflation once again.
0: Again, we're talking with Arlen Suderman, INTLFC, Stone. The range of topics today already including a great move in wheat today, even touching limit up during different times of the trade. As well, we focused on corn and soybeans starting to make a steady plot maybe to the high side and how market fundamentals and fund dynamics start to play in during this time. Coming up, we still have outside currencies to talk about, plus that three-prong approach presented by USDA yesterday. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. now. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton talking with Arlen Suderman, INTLFC Stone. Arlen, in our first segment we discussed a lot of grains and some fun dynamics happening in the market right now. What about these other major fundamentals underlying, and that's trade right now. What are you seeing here on the NAFTA front as well as a little bit of European Union talk?
1: Well, the head of the European Commission is, there's a lot of different presidents, so this is the president of the European Commission, uh, is uh, in Washington meeting with President Trump right now as we speak, uh, there's been rumors that he would have a, a trade proposal for President Trump. The European Union's economy is vulnerable right now. They cannot afford to get into a trade war with the United States. I do not expect them to come out with a deal today, but I do expect them to come out uh, with an agreement to negotiate and a framework for those negotiations. So a little bit of encouragement we are moving forward. It's positive on the NAFTA front as well, mostly on the side with Mexico. Um, We were really struggling to make any promise with the outgoing president. Then the new incoming president, who was expected to be very anti-United States, has surprised everyone in being um, very supportive of reaching an agreement with the United States. And uh, even though he doesn't take office until December, he's already appointed a trade representative to participate in the talks. And that seems to have provided encouragement for the outgoing president to push things forward perhaps so he gets the credit i don't know Um, but moving forward toward an agreement there and uh, the original nafta started with an agreement first with uh, one side and then getting the other side in so maybe this would be a, a first step toward getting nafta completed as well
0: and while we're on the subject of international trade, looking at all kind of the global community and the global trade here, what about currencies? You know we've saw a little bit of softness in the US dollar here the past couple days, and at last check of the chart, the Brazilian real may be gaining a little steam.
1: When you look at the real, it's really reflecting what we're seeing in a lot of the currencies of emerging markets, and a lot of it goes back to action that was taken by China, China. The economy is really starting to take a hit with this trade war. And uh, so they've taken three steps. One was to try to shore up their economy in this battle, because that's where they're most vulnerable. President Trump is most vulnerable politically, China economically. Um, They lowered reserve requirements of their banks by 50 basis points, which is a big move, trying to put more money into the economy. Um, Then they implemented a program to encourage their banks to loan more money to uh... industries impacted by the trade war and then yesterday they implemented a a tax cut plan that significantly cut taxes to industry And that is to create more demand as well, which emerging markets could benefit from, and specifically Brazil. So Brazil, which has a lot of problems of its own, its currency has really rallied against the dollar. And that's good for the United States to see Brazil's currency rally, because in this era, it makes Brazilian soybeans more expensive to China.
0: And as we start to take from that global look, let's turn it back now to home. And the big news yesterday, $12 billion to farmers for tariff reparations, more of a three-pronged approach. Arlen, this has got a lot of complex pieces. We're just scratching the surface of it. But what's your take on it?
1: Well, as I said, President Trump is most vulnerable politically. If he loses the midterm elections or his party loses midterm elections, then China's presidency probably figures that he's won this trade war because a lot of the power will be taken out of Trump. On the other hand, China's most vulnerable economically, so they would like to stretch things out to the elections if they can. President Trump's trying to maximize pressure on the Chinese economy before China can undermine his political support. This move, no doubt about it, was meant to shore up his political support in the Midwest, much of the rest of this political support is is held up by the strong economy right now, but AG specifically was really vulnerable. Three prongs to it one is direct payments we don't know any details yet, but that'll probably help in that provide that political support in farm country we don't know to the extent yet one was another prong was trade promotion I'm a little bit skeptical that's going to have much help because frankly the uh, export demand for most of our major commodities wheat being the exception right now and i think that'll improve later in the year Um, but most of our commodities have very strong export demand right now the third part is buying commodities uh, for nutrition and social support programs i think that'll particularly be supportive for the meat and the dairy sector
0: Arlen, final question here as we start to wrap up. Uh, this is, We could start in on some beginning of some very volatile times. What is your thought to producers? Is this more of a time to be watching closely or to be planning ahead in their marketing strategy?
1: Well, anytime you get a big rally like we saw, particularly in wheat today, you need to reward a rally like that in some way. And if it keeps going higher, then you can sell more and you always have next year's crop. I do think September is a critical time. That's when. Brazil runs out of exportable supplies. of soybeans in China don't have to look to us for the next five months, and that's when our next round of tariffs hit
0: them. That's Arlen Suderman, INTLFC Stone. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.